0: Coming to you from beautiful Flagstaff, Arizona, this is the Drinking Horn Meadcast. Join us as we take a deeper dive into mead and mead culture. This one goes out to the strange view on Reddit. He said he misses our raps. Oh, yeah. Now, here's a little story I'd like to tell about mead and adventures, how they go so well. It's not hard to understand, as you will see, if you
1: sit right back with Evan and me. Uh. Yeah. Your turn. <laughs> oh that's what you're doing waiting with that drop beat you know I'm standing here just on these two feet I want to drink some meat and talking about hiking good thing that I'm not talking about biking talking about biking buddies talking about his shoes when you put meat in your backpack you won't
0: lose you gotta take it out take a sip every once in a while 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 wow while.
1: yeah fresh that was I
0: don't know that was all right
1: We'll That's see. We'll see if we keep it. See yeah. if we keep it. See if something more natural doesn't come out. Yeah, the strange view
0: uh, on the Mead Reddit, he wanted to, well, he said he misses, first of all, our podcast, because, by the way, where the hell have we been?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he said we haven't, it's been, it's been a few months. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry about that. I know. We've actually had a fair number of people asking us when the next episode is coming out.
2: Yeah. And, and we're
1: sorry. We get kind of wrapped up in stuff and sidetracked. and. Did you say wrapped up? I sure did. Rap du rap wrapped in it, rap, duh, wrapped wrapped in it. That might get
0: erased in this.
1: Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. We'll see. So we get see if uh, he makes it.
0: Yeah, we get a little wrapped up. We get get going. We're uh, you know, it's kind kind of a good thing, I think. Well no, it's a very good thing. Uh, the the metery and meat hall have been doing really well.
1: Yeah. It's I mean, been busy. You know, I mean all things considered. Well for a pandemic.
0: Yeah. <laughs> And all things considered, my NPR cannot take that away from me. It's not copyrighted. It probably actually is.
1: Mm, they wouldn't do it. They would appreciate no. this podcast.
0: No. Um, cool. So I don't know if my number, if my, uh, I don't know if my gain is, is good enough. So hopefully this won't kill people's ears, but I'm going to go up just a little bit. Take it up a
1: notch. Take it up
0: a notch. Uh, speaking of taking it up a notch, we are taking this Meadcast up a notch. I don't know why, but I'm just, I just wanted to say that.
1: Yeah, we're taking it up two notches at least. Oh, two notches. Yeah, into right. Adventureland.
0: Yes, Adventureland. So this podcast is going to be all about why Mead is such a such a rad adventure companion. I think it is a companion. Yeah, it, it keeps you warm at night. Mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. Uh, you know?
1: <laughs> it can help provide entertainment through the slow times, like mm-hmm. a, like a good friend, you yeah. know?
0: Yeah, it can weigh you down sometimes as well, It though. can
1: absolutely weigh you down.
0: But not as much as other beverages.
1: That's true. We'll talk about that. It's got an upside.
0: <laughs> yeah. All right, so yeah, uh, mead adventures. That's that's what it's all about. Um, let's talk about the... We're not on it. Well, we're on an
1: adventure right now. We're on a podcast adventure. It's true. I mean, <laughs> every day is an adventure, if you think about it. It kind of is around here. <laughs> yeah, it certainly can be. Yeah. Um, so in our glass
0: right now, we've got some mead that... Uh, why don't you tell us about tell mm. us
1: about what's in our glass what are we drinking we're drinking a little bit of black cherry Mm-mm-mm. and it's and it's one of my favorites for the significance of it this is a, I uh, i mean it's my favorites for lots more reasons than that it tastes delicious <laughs> i it's do my love favorites. black cherry it's my favorites <laughs> i like the Englishes, Mm-hmms. and uh this was the very first mead that we ever sold was what? black cherry yeah, we didn't start with that. the traditional or anything. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, li- I liked it. Oh, I it it seems so genuine, the surprise. Okay, well, let me try again. What? <clears throat> yeah, totally, dude. <laughs> dude. Dude, dude. Dude, where's my car? I don't know.
0: Okay, sorry. Black Cherry is uh, for the very first one that you brewed. Which The very first one, which you helped
1: me with the very first batch. Do you yeah, remember that?
0: Yeah, I, well, I do remember. And on our drive just the other day. We were listening to the mead cast. Or the sorry, the podcast episode that I did while you were brewing it.
1: Yeah, so yeah, it was a little rugged. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. The audio was yeah, compared <laughs>
1: was to the I equipment that you have out. now. Like, yeah, it's a, oh god, yeah, it was a little a rough. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. You would hold the phone closer to me and then closer to you. Yep. it was fun. Yeah. So this is the first one ever ever brewed. First one ever. Well, yeah. First one ever commercially done, like as a as a big batch. True.
0: Yeah. And is there any tie in why? Because uh, you guys celebrate your anniversary this month in February. Mm-hmm. is So that kind of ties in because it's a February release.
1: Yeah. Well, yeah, that's, that's cool. That's the whole significant, that's why I love this one so much is because hmm. it, it signifies that we have made it another year. And so we first started making sales in uh, February 2017. Um, and so this is, uh, let's see, 2018, 19, 20, 21. Years. No, wait, that's This not right. is the start of year Five? No, you're four. <laughs> Man, my math sucks. <laughs> Either way, at
0: least he did it fast.
1: Yeah, <laughs> real fast. There wasn't any editing. To
0: eight, to nine, to ten, to eleven. So yeah, this is yeah. fourth. Now I'm confused. What do you mean the start of the fourth year?
1: Because well, like a year is like a long period. It's like a year long.
0: Eight is two. Nine is three. Twenty is. Well, because we started in 17. Is this we is the started start of the February seven,
1: 2017. So then one oh year my gosh. to February 2018, <laughs> oh. 2019, 2020, 2021, 2020. So yeah, it's this, it's, I don't freaking know. It's four and some change.
0: I'm going to say it's a good thing I don't do the books, but I'm looking across me, the guy that does do the books. <laughs> the IRS is coming after Thank you, me. calculators.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, computers.
0: Ugh. Oh, man. Well, uh, that's awesome. I'm sitting
1: here looking at an empty glass of black cherry. Oh, uh, no. But, uh, we are using the tiniest glasses ever.
0: Tiny, tiny glasses. We figured tiny this would help glasses. slow us down,
1: because then you're like, oh, how many glasses have I had?
0: Tiny glasses. I don't know, because they're tiny. Tiny glasses. Tiny and delicious. Of Drink in my mouth. black cherry meat. Tiny glasses. Mm. Tiny sips of right. black meat in my.
1: I don't know if you can sing, oh. snap, and catch all oh at the my same God. time. Something's going to break. Hopefully this is going to be a hand. fun game. This is going to be a fun game on this podcast. We're playing catch the bottle and Catch
0: the bottle and hopa. Oh, that was a nice toss. I flipped a if little you, bit, but it was good. Actually, that was the way adventure that right flipped, there. If I had a glass on the ground, I could have caught it and poured at the same time. Yeah. I used to do that at Cilantro's.
1: Oh, fancy. used to be like. Uh, Man, I'm always forgetting the name of that. Tom Cruise Cocktails. Thank you. <laughs> so uh, I want to dig into this. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm very excited, too, because... I should have poured me oh, man, and then chucked it to you, because from... now that I've chucked it to you, you're going to have to chuck it back.
0: Uh, that's that a It makes it more fun. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but I got to do a lefty. <laughs> oh, shit. All right. Ready? Yeah. Lefty toss. My hand's wet. Oh my God. Oh, I'm so scared. I got it. <laughs> I got it. Slightly short. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, this is one of my favorite things. Uh, there's lots of favorite things that I've grown to love about Mead, but this is one of them as well is its ability as a kick-ass adventure partner. And we're going to talk about all the different reasons that it's a great adventure partner. Um, uh, and this is in no way saying that you're if you have a different choice of beverage to go out and adventure with that, you know, that that's any less, but we're going to hype up, of course, mead. As of a course, of but course.
1: there is no wrong beverage to bring into the woods. No, as long as you make sure you have some water. I mean, <laughs> That is, yes,
0: a downfall of many a times for me. Um,
1: water is probably the best Why do beverage. I have two liters of mead and one liter of water? Where am I going? Wait, that sounds perfect.
0: <laughs> what? How is that not what you're supposed to do? I need more water than that. Yeah, it depends what you're doing, I guess. So, yeah, oh, hiccups there. Um, so, I don't know. I don't really have an order of operation on this. Um, so, whatever just kind of comes to mind. We've got a list in front of us here. But um, I think... Uh, do you wanna start?
1: Yeah, yeah, I do. Cool. Um I think the one of the best places to start, at least for me, is like the the ecologic responsibility of drinking mead, you know? So like a lot of people that are going out into the woods, you you care about this place that you go to, or to the river or to the rocks. You know, we live in the desert. That's that's a it's a whole different place for those of you who live places with water. Um <laughs> and like if you're going out there or whether you're going out there hunting or hiking or backpacking or boating like you you care about the way the place looks that's part of the reason that you're out there um so inherently like you want to be having as small of an impact or at least as small of a negative impact on that place that you can and as far as like your your footprint goes whether you're talking. I mean, there's various aspects to that, but mead is is by far one of the most like ecologically responsible things to drink.
0: Yeah, I god I, way to start it off in an in an amazing kind of like deep spot there. That's awesome, zing! <laughs> <laughs> I, at least to me, because it's it all is... down here from hill folk. Oh. <laughs>
1: Was that a purpose? Downhill from here, you
0: you know. <laughs> oh my god, that was awesome! I wish that was on purpose. I hope that was on purpose. Well, well yeah, it's yeah, all down here from hill? Oh shit. That's like all I can all I can me to think about.
1: Yeah, truth.
0: <laughs> um, the the tie between people who go and recreate in the outdoors and the responsibility factor, the care factor, is is definitely a tight woven knot. You know, it, it's. If you look at the advocacy groups for, um, you know, climate's a big one now, but more than that, even like river and, and ecosystem restoration and stuff like that, like uh, pretty much every community, whether it's biking, rock climbing, running, um, kayaking, they all are, are tied in with some kind of, of help to that ecosystem. Absolutely. And so that's what a great tie-in to that, because we have talked about before in past episodes, uh, I think in Why Mead, it was like our second or third episode, but just how, like you said, how small of a footprint, and you said by far, and I do agree with that, it is by far the least impactful beverage, alcoholic beverage out there.
1: Yeah. 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 Well, in the sense of badness for the environment... Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, but it's the most impactful. At the same time, <laughs> in your heart, in my heart, <laughs> and
0: my liver. Yeah. Why? Why is that? Can you just kind of roll out a, a little description of why meat is is uh, a low a low impact beverage?
1: Mm-hmm. It all starts with the ingredients, right? <clears throat> so, for starters, we don't use any sort of like you know lab-made chemicals in any sort of way shape or form so yeah and you know the honey that we get like you can't produce honey with machines you can't use any sort of a pesticide hmm. um to make honey you have to have just a person who helps maintain this little colony of bugs you know sometimes it's easy to not think of a bee as a bug but that's all it is is like you're, you're just gotta little colony of bugs and to do that it takes you know human hands so you never have you know the impact of of robots or whatever taking over that job and in the sense of you never have big farm equipment that has to be running you know for for collecting grain it takes a whole lot of gasoline to collect grain it takes no gasoline to collect honey yeah short of like
0: the the bed of a truck to go grab the beehives you know in the bigger operations yeah yeah absolutely Yeah, no tractors, no heavy equipment um, running Nothing through the fields, like that. and then you can move to um, you know fertilizers and pesticides and those. We don't kind want of things. none of that. So you can you can have organic grain and not have any of that, but I mean, honestly, like it's you know, I was in the industry. It's yeah, it's hard. Yeah, and it's, it's expensive, real hard. You know, oh, well, that's the biggest hard part about it. Yeah. yeah,
1: it's it's expensive, and it's because they lose so much more. You know, you're losing four grains for every one that actually comes out. So you're, you you. You have to uh, account for that somewhere, and it comes out in the cost of things. Yeah, yeah. So
0: fertilizers, pesticides, um, and and land, just land mass. You know, the, the, bees, oh, yeah. the bees are definitely going to these agricultural areas, but they're not— you know, creating that agriculture area. The footprint is literally the size of the beehives.
1: Um, It takes a lot of grapes too, to make some wine. You know what I mean? Like it's, it, when you start thinking about how much space it takes and then you have a water usage as well on top
2: of
0: that. Yeah. The water is, is a huge thing, not only in the production of the grain and stuff like that. And, and uh, you know, I'm not going to be blind and say that, you know, the honey does to be produced doesn't, go to agricultural areas. And so mm-hmm. it's an indirect thing that we need, you know, for orange blossom honey, we need those more for, we be. need it
1: more for the beekeepers though than for, and I mean, for the pollination of those things. Absolutely. But like, you know, a lot of like the, the big industrial um, pollinating that goes on, like in the almonds, they don't even get any honey out of that. You yeah. know, the, the benefit of a beekeeper taking his bees to an almond field is the, the payment rubbing my fingers together i don't even know why i bothered to move my hand for something that nobody can see to make strange noises
0: i can see it we're communicating together we need
1: visual cues yeah yeah
0: here how about this one
1: yeah it's a good one yeah yeah. he's got something in his nose that itches (laughs) do you need help i have little fingers hey you can pick your nose you can pick your friends all right and if your friends are sleeping you can pick your friend's nose (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, uh and then so also what I was gonna say is not just in the in the water usage for the for the agriculture for grain or grapes or, or corn or whatever, if you're making, you know, rye whiskey, bourbon, that kind of thing. Um, you know, I've been on both sides. I've been in the in a brewery, um, brewing, you know, hundreds of batches and I've been now here experiencing mead being made and the use of water here is way, way, way less than in a brew house. In a brew house, you've got not only water making the product, um, but you've got uh, cleanup and there's a lot of water that goes in cleanup as well. And I feel kind of, I'm not negatizing it. I, I hope rinsing. not. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and run off and stuff like that. I, I guess I'm, I'm trying to focus on the positive that we don't use that much water,
1: very little water. Um, and a
0: lot of the breweries use, uh, you know, they, they'll, um,
1: what would you say like per, I'd say per glass of mead, like per oh, a no. six ounce glass Sounds of like mead? Sounds like a hard
0: question coming up.
1: I know. I, I think I can actually, I, I think per six ounce glass of mead as far as like production goes. And I'm including all of the cleaning of, of everything because I'm just going off of the main, the main water thing that we have here that measures the gallons. Um, it's named for something like that probably. <laughs> um, but like... I. I think it's about a one-to-one. So hmm. for like for every six ounces of mead, it essentially takes like 12 ounces of water in the production to get there. And, and six of those 12 ounces are the finished product. Okay. And the other six would be, you know, set up, cleaning, blah, 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 hmm. blah. Yeah. Even mopping the floor. That includes all the water we use for mopping the floor, everything else. So like full production need for getting a six ounce glass of mead is 12 ounces of water. Which is pretty, it's pretty minimal.
0: That is, no, absolutely. Um, and that's, yeah, that's, that's a huge, a, a huge, um, non impact. And to kind of bring us backward, t- <laughs> we all of a sudden just start talking about, you know, ecological things immediately, which is great. Um, but that means that there's less impact on, on, you know, different ecosystems, uh, that, you know, the runoff of water and rivers, um, all, all the different things that can happen in our in our playgrounds, our outdoor and recreational playgrounds, mm-hmm. um, including gas usage, smoke, smog, um, pollutants, mm-hmm. uh, nitrates all that junk in the air. we breathe
1: in all the time.
0: Yeah, so that's kind of why you know the, you brought that up. You see an empty glass and you're about to throw it. Oh my gosh, here we go. Yeah, yeah. No fair. You get to throw right handed. I <laughs> know. <it's laughs> Actually, we were just talking about that. Yeah. Um, I was pouring coffee with my left hand, and I was like, "It's a good brain." practice a, a good brain training is
1: to switch it up a little bit yeah. your brain gets into routines it's good to like throw your brain for a loop yeah try to put your belt on the other direction than you normally do it like <laughs> it hurts the first time you do it your brain's like no what are you yeah. doing seriously have you ever we tried already brushing... learned
2: it the other way <laughs> you ever try
0: brushing your teeth with your left hand
1: oh yeah yeah you feel like it's like throwing I almost a killed ball myself it's like <laughs> yeah I nearly i nearly jammed Honey, my, my toothbrush your... into my into my neck
0: <laughs> evan's brushing his teeth and his wife has to come in with a stitch kit yeah <laughs> <laughs> not again so i think that's a, a great um you went like really really deep on that and really kind of holistic about the the approach to why it's good as an adventure partner because it takes a, a, a little bit better care of our adventure i keep calling them playgrounds you know recreational areas so. yeah they are they are
1: playgrounds that's awesome i love it i love it
0: love it Howdy howdy everybody just wanted to take a second here and say thank you for listening in to the MeCast once again really appreciate it and we are always looking for uh, ideas and comments and show suggestions from you guys. So if you have any of those, definitely hit us up with them. We'd love to hear about your ideas and thoughts. Uh, You can email me, nick at drinkinghornmeadery.com. Or, of course, you can hit us up on any of our socials, Instagram or Facebook, and we'll find it and uh, probably turn it into a show. All right. Now for the next little segment. Um, Cool. Another reason?
1: Well, you don't feel like crap the next day. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, we we just we when we went and did our little uh, we we finally got away for a weekend mm-hmm. and uh, climbed on a little rock and uh, we brought a keg of mead with the two of us. <laughs> yes, a little keg. It's just a little baby one. A little. Uh, a little two gallon keg. Yeah, two gallon keg. Yep. Yeah, we drove out to the
0: middle of the desert to go climb uh, Courthouse Rock down in uh, you know the the desert in the winter time is absolutely gorgeous, and so went out there to camp out and to do this climb the next day we got there right about sunset ish mm-hmm. uh got our fire going and tapped the keg <laughs> i'm not gonna <laughs> there's there's different rules supposedly uh you know out on
1: dirt roads but uh tap the keg um as soon as we were free of the vehicle and the vehicle was in a full off and parked position absolutely yep
0: um Threw the keys out in the middle of the desert and uh, tapped the keg,
1: and <laughs> still haven't found the keys. I'm making it sound like we did
0: something bad. We didn't. Um, but we we tapped the keg. Uh, we started drinking. We had our dinner. Oh, actually, we'll talk about the dinner in a second too, because that's another great thing I like about
1: outdoors and meat mm. um, pairings on the on the fire. Yeah,
0: yeah. And we we drank. A d- Drink a good bit. I mean, we were mm-hmm. relaxed. It was beautiful, beautiful sunset. We were happy. We we're camping. It was nice. Just two dudes around a fire, you know, cuddling. I mean, um, hanging out. With our clothes on? <laughs> promise. Yeah, it's socks on. Yeah.
1: Those are clothes. <laughs> that's plural clothes. <laughs> I only had one sock. Oh, hey, whoa. whoa, that's <laughs> too much. Anthony too Kiedis much. style.
0: If anyone out there gets my, my, anthony kiedis one sock reference i didn't even get then, it then good on you no, i'm you know gonna who who that have to is, write right? it down and then i'm gonna look it up later yeah yeah well i won't even explain it so um yeah, So we i i definitely had um a, a good amount of mead and so um yeah and i i think you did too we went to sleep a, i had a nip or two yeah yeah we had, we had our little our little uh little mead session, and the next day we had a big old rock to climb, you know, multi-pitch. You go up the rope, you set up an anchor. You go up the rope, you set up an anchor. We went up about, you know, 500 feet or so, maybe actually a little bit more.
1: Nick pretty much soloed, like, (laughs) most of it. I'm not as experienced as Nick is at the climbings. Well, so, uh, I was following. It doesn't take
0: experience in. not to
1: put gear in and just climb
0: up a rock. Yeah,
1: that's that one so, took no experience. That's yeah, true. You it's could, an interesting climb, it's very low grade. Five. I didn't know how to set <laughs> to set anchors, there's nothing to put them in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just putting Where them in I for fun. I'm not gonna put gear anywhere here.
0: <laughs> yeah, but uh, but it's a, it was a big day ahead, it was, and we drank a lot of alcohol, a lot, a decent, a decent amount. amount, a fair amount, a fair amount. And woke up I, and I was a little worried
1: Legally responsible For the word fair Yeah
0: <laughs> I was a little I was a little worried About the About how it was gonna go When I Oh know. but we woke up Feeling great Yeah
1: yep. Great Like a million bucks
0: Yeah Slug some water Put some food in our bellies And I didn't think about it The rest of the day He makes I it sound drank.
1: So much faster We had like the most Relaxed morning oh, ever though, was... too. We scrambled oh. eggs And had burritos Camping <laughs> Like You know eggs Are never a quick morning You know No no, it's it was fantastic, but I so but good. we woke up and felt great, and I think there's I think there's a lot of properties, you know, to kind of not not justify it, not verify it, but there's a lot of properties that kind of support what we feel.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and again, we kind of talked about this on Why Mead, but yeah, it is a simple drink,
1: and your body appreciates that. It does. So, what gives you a hangover, Nick? Uh, I, mean, I think we should talk about some of the aspects. usually. <laughs> yeah, right. Rum. Rum usually. Oh, dark me. rum. Oh, yeah. Absolutely.
0: No. Uh, yeah, so hangovers are a couple things. Dehydration, I think, is the one that people mostly go to. It is paramount. Yeah. I think it's,
1: like, the biggest factor of all of these. So, like, mm-hmm. no matter what you do, you should try to, you should do this little thing. It's called drink a cup of water after every other drink or something like yeah, that. One in one. Yeah. You'll feel a million times better the next day and yeah. you won't drink as much cause your belly's all full of water and stuff like that. It helps <laughs> out in, in a lot of directions. So I highly recommend everyone mix some water in there,
0: man. When I do that one-to-one I'll, I'll like get done with my glass of mead and I'll be like, Oh, I gotta drink water now. And I'll like fill up my water, and I'll drink it so fast, just like so oh, totally to the right. To yeah, you just slug it. it. <laughs> yeah,
1: you just you just slug that water down. That's that's all you need to do. Yeah,
0: yeah. So dehydration is definitely one factor, but one another big factor that not a whole lot of people know about, unless you listen to our Meadcast episode. Oh, I'm Nick Irvin. Oh man, and I'm still Evan Anderson. <laughs> and welcome to the Drinking Corn Meadcast.
1: Meadcast, 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 Meadcast. We're uh, going we're gonna. Clip that. Yeah.
0: And I'll have to review it because I'm pretty sure I said drinking corn.
1: Nice. <laughs> Do you want to try it again? I'm Nick Irvin. And I'm Evan Anderson.
0: And you're listening to the Drinking Horn Meadcast.
1: Meadcast, 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 meadcast. meadcast, meadcast. meadcast.
0: Yeah. Um, so what I was saying is another thing besides dehydration is uh, what's in your beverage. And the more stuff, we'll just call it stuff, uh, and there's a fancy name for it congeners. Um, just think of your body as a filter. Yeah it is yeah yeah it's a big blobby filter yeah we're like a donut
1: (laughs) yeah yeah with a very long hole yeah we're like a long hole donut it's just a weird thing to think about (laughs) long hole donut don't hold me down what i consider my insides are actually like still the outside basically Mm yeah
0: yeah we're like a noodle yeah like a like a rotini Ooh.
1: But like a, a busty rotini, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> we're thick, thick. I got a tiny little hole and real thick
0: meats.
1: <laughs> oh, my God.
0: Uh, so, conchers. Yeah, we're like a filter. Oh, lefty, here we go. Oh, wait, I should fill mine yeah, up first. Yeah, you fill
1: your first. You learned your lesson from me.
0: Yeah. I often do teacher sensei. Oh, watch me make a mistake. The mistake was me getting (laughs) these tiny glasses for us to drink out of. I feel like I'm drinking faster. I feel like I'm drinking
1: faster because of the tiny glasses. Three ounces? I I think I've only got like two ounces. Okay, I think so. Mine's a little larger.
0: One hand? Yeah. Fuck.
1: Just kidding. God, thank Always God. two hands with a meat bottle. Yeah, um, kind of a madman. Do I look like? For the eighteenth time, congeners. <laughs> so your
0: body is like a filter, and the more stuff that you try to put through that filter, the more it has a chance to get
1: clogged, and it has to clean itself up, and it's it's a little harder. So your body's a machine, and it don't operate well with a clogged filter.
0: No, no, nothing really does. Yeah. So the more simple to drink, uh, the easier it is on your body. It doesn't have to. Um, you know, break down the chemicals and create other chemicals that cause these nauseas and headaches and stuff like that. So, um, anyway, just, you can look all that stuff up, but mead is a simple drink. It's honey, water, yeast, and then whatever fruit juice we put in it. And, um, that being said, your body's just kind of happier with it. Now, I'm not saying you slug down, you know, two liters of mead and you're not going to wake up with a wicked, like, headache and hangover oh
1: you can do it yeah oh, you can do it trust mm. trust us trust us <laughs> although it's often the bottle of whiskey after all the meat mm. that i don't even remember the next day that might have actually gotten me yeah yeah but anyway yeah so uh simple drink uh
0: l- means less of a hangover which means if you've got you know miles to hike or paddle or climb then you know you need an early start and you need a good start so um, you have a, a pretty decent chance after drinking meat around the campfire of getting going. Mm-hmm. Waking up and feeling pretty good. Yeah, for sure. Um, so let's see. What else we got here? Um,
1: What's your... Uh, right around here. Actually, I was going to try to play it off as like my own coy question, and I realized that would have discredited somebody, but I want to hear about your mead hike pairing here for flagstaff are we there yet yeah
0: absolutely oh, let's do yeah. it
1: yeah yeah so taste of az uh
0: chimed in on one of our comments on our instagram page because i asked people for some comments questions stories and we've got a couple more little stories and stuff to go uh-huh. later on uh but taste of az eric walters asked actually i don't know if it's eric it may have been his it may have been luke it, yeah it may have been his partner um luke that asked this uh, but anyway they asked
1: He's your brother from another mother. He does They've have got a last name that's almost the exact same, but there's a difference of an E.
0: I know. And my E is super confusing. It is. Makes people think Irvine. Oh, it hurts my head. Yeah. So they asked us to give a Flagstaff hike and Mead pairing. Um, they're down in the valley and they come up to recreate and they wanted to know what we would pair with what trail.
1: So I thought I think, that was awesome. I bet you have hiked every at least named trail within 50 miles of Flagstaff.
0: Yeah. yeah. I, I know that's I know that's not true, but it's probably pretty close. It's probably because there's close. some obscure crap out there. Yeah, there's a lot up of up sp- on Eldon. Yeah. Like I don't think I've ever done carrot. Oh really?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Hmm. But uh It's right next to a road. Yeah, yeah Well but it goes straight up. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, I've never wanted to I've I've driven right past it yeah, on there's the There's ginger, dirt road. there's yeah,
0: Kentucky waterfall. Yeah, yeah. I think I've done a, a, a yeah, a lot.
1: But what would be your what would be your favorite for a mead hike?
0: Um, I would say, and I, kind of went with a, a gentle kind of thing, not like some big old huge hike. Um, so I think if I had meat in hand and was, or in backpack or whatever, I would love to time it to have a sunset kind of hike, maybe an hour before sunset. So you roll into sunset up on Campbell Mesa. Oh yeah. It's just, it's flat. It's, it's pretty level for around here, which is actually kind of hard to find a nice level trail. Um, a nice level meander around Campbell Mesa. There's lots of different loops. Um, there's like a half mile loop. There's a mile loop. There's a three mile loop. You can do all these different loops. And I think that'd be nice. And what I was thinking would pair nice because of that simple, flat, nice, gentle kind of hike. What do you think I would pair with that?
1: I feel like you're going to go traditional. I'm going
0: to go traditional. Yeah, absolutely. A nice bottle of just honey yeast and water. Um, and, uh, and a nice stroll along Campbell Mesa.
1: I like that. And that's a—it's very doable. Mine's not going to be as doable.
0: Yeah, just Uh-oh. because
1: the meat is no longer available.
0: Oh, so I'm just
1: teasing <laughs> everyone oh. hard, hard. Guess
0: what's great? And you can't have it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I think uh, a little snowshoe up mm. our our favorite snowy mountain there. Um, I don't like to go all the way to the top usually with the evening snowshoe. I haven't done it in a long time. Um, partly because it's become more difficult with all the permitting and everything, but like going going up uh, Humphreys up there and snowshoeing, snowshoeing up it, that and, is then skiing, not a and then skiing and then skiing down. Oh
0: my gosh, that's it awesome. is
1: gentle, but so in between going up and down, you drink. Well, preferably, you split with a friend a <laughs> bottle of Othoror. Oh, what some of that seventeen percent barrel aged mead that we we made, and there was like only 150 bottles of it or something, so. Sorry, 211. Whoa, that was weird. That number came right in. And that's (laughs) 100% right, I'm sure of it. Wow, nice. So, uh, yeah, 211 bottles of it. And so there's most of everyone out there that didn't get to try it. But that's okay, because you know what's coming up before too long here. I mean, it's still a couple months, possibly. Month, two months. Uh, St. Patrick's Day. Yes. How
2: did you know?
1: <laughs> Do you have <laughs> a calendar too? Uh, it's yeah. No, our barrel-aged meads.
0: <laughs> yes, yes. People are going to love hearing this.
1: Yeah, we have a pretty micro barrel program. Yeah. <laughs> What's smaller nano. than micro? Yeah, nano. nano. There we go. We have a nano barrel program. We have a
0: carbon fiber barrel program.
1: <laughs> it's a, It's at least a hundred and ten gallons of. Yeah, that's about it. Like it, you know. It's so when the barrel stuff comes out, it, it moves pretty quickly. Yeah, three barrels and so why are you bringing this up um because that's what i would want to drink in between going up and down and i was bringing up the barrels because of our barrels that are coming out at the end of i don't know maybe march oh
0: if you're listening week. to this
1: everybody gets kind of the sneak sneak little bit it's yeah. not even maybe march it is the end of march it's a set date at this point we're ready we're rocking and rolling we want everybody to drink these
0: yeah and we have a bulldog.
1: Yeah, so yeah. happy. Yes,
0: I'm so so uh, excited about these. We had a little bulldog barrels. puppy too. Oh. <sighs> maybe we'll rent one. I got a little, we? I got a puppy, puppy fever.
1: <laughs> I got a little puppy fever.
0: Yeah, puppy fever. It's the greatest thing. Puppy, puppy fever. fever. Now
1: you got a thing.
0: Puppy, puppy fever. fever. It's a little puppy. Puppy, puppy fever. fever. It's not a guppy. Oh, I wow. love guppies that too. the worst i've ever done i don't think that was a rap, bro no it wasn't mm. it was a jingle um so we <laughs> i can we're just hear makers. people like we're losing them like click right. click no click. but we got them back with the othroar and the barrel age so yeah i'm sure there's bottles out there that people still mm-hmm. have of
1: the othroar uh, which there might our be first a few barrel aged and we've had a lot of our like uh our diehard fans sending us pictures of them opening their last ones recently so it's yeah the time is nine I, but I, that's but that's my favorite hike right what there. What a difference. I think is like hike paired with mead. Like that's, <laughs> that's my jam.
0: What a difference are two, uh, the two things we came up with. <laughs> Mine is so and, simple and yours is so hardcore. I went big. Yeah. I went big. I want yours.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> Actually, kind of the opposite of us. Because like, honestly, like <laughs> if you just stuck Nick and I each out in the woods, like Nick would find something crazy to do. And I would probably like go flip over rocks and like <laughs> mosey around and like dig through some rubbish piles. Like, maybe so that's kind of funny.
0: Yeah, something to be said. Some psychology about that. But yeah, thanks, Eric or Luke, for that question. Um, yeah, love thank it. You. We absolutely love thank it. Thank
1: you. Tap that, Az. Yeah, yeah. And thank well, you to think, your magazine as well. Yeah, taste of Az. Oh, and I I butchered that right. No, there. No, you didn't.
0: Because oh. well, they both he you know he runs know. both of them. they I run know. both of them tap of tap of Az and tap that taste that Arizona taste that Arizona Oh, uh,
1: Nick butchered it worse than I did yeah
0: <laughs> yeah um yeah these tiny glasses are killing me bro <laughs> so thanks for the, yeah the the suggestion there so um if you guys ever have any or questions or thoughts or comments absolutely hit us up um especially if you have ideas for future meadcasts like I think it'd be cool if you guys talked about this this and if we have enough of a you know a good idea and a heads up we could even bring in you know we could. Go and find some experts in that field, and yeah, have them on or, yeah, we love or we love you them. guys
1: having questions and participating it makes it, it makes it more fun, it makes it more interesting, and you know sometimes Nick and I are just out of touch with the populace. I tell you what <laughs> sometimes, especially now i haven't touched anybody All right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> You better not have. <laughs> All right, so another thing that I definitely find, and, and this has transitioned for me, this aspect of outdoor adventure and alcoholic beverages, but when I am out backpacking multiple days and weight of my bag becomes a thing to think about,
1: mm-hmm. I
0: start thinking about my alcohol, the, the weight that it will contribute. And therefore, I used to, and I still, I still throw a little flask in there, but whiskey was always my, totally. my go-to backpacking
1: beverage. Mead kind of only falls in the middle ground on this one, which you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, which I'm going to say is possibly a good thing, but I'll talk about that.
1: I do. I do kind of agree. Yeah, I do kind of agree, but it's definitely a middle ground. You know, if you're looking for the absolute best, lightest weight (laughs) for the intoxication kind of beverage, and we talk a lot about the intoxication factors. And it's not because like drinking is all about getting wasted by any means. We don't think you should. Like I tend to cap myself off after two or three drinks because it's just at that point I really don't need any more. Yeah. Um, so I, I mean, I can certainly drink more, of course, but like I don't need any more. It doesn't. It doesn't heighten the effect. It doesn't heighten the fun any further after that point. In fact, you know, you, you overdo it, and you can you can be a detriment to the own fun that you're having or other people's fun.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: So it's. Uh, I'm not too sure why I got into that. I had to get up on my soapbox for just a second, make me feel better.
0: <laughs> well, we're talking about oh, yeah the amount of alcohol needed, and here comes another mead bottle throw. Brought right. to you by the
1: amount of alcohol needed is being thrown.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, ooh, that,
1: that, was a little, that was one's getting a little short. further. Yeah, yeah. getting <laughs> further from you.
0: Yeah. All right. Uh, oh man, there we go. So, yeah, and so. When you're out there and you, and you are worried about weight, yeah, it's not about getting the biggest amount of booze you can. It's about getting the lightest booze you can. So um, short of bringing a tiny canister of glue that you
1: could sniff. Uh, <laughs> That's probably the best weight for for buzz ratio, <laughs> yeah. for sure.
0: Yeah, or if you know the native plants that you can, like, chew on. Um, yeah, if
1: you're out here in the Southwest, just start munching on things. I'm just yeah. kidding. Really, don't do that. No, no, no. You're going to have a bad day. <laughs>
0: Yeah. But uh, yeah, so grain alcohol and then you got your spirits, which are, you know, whiskey is usually somewhere 40, 45 percent, somewhere around there. Um, but what I was kind of thinking, I, I do enjoy whiskey straight. I definitely enjoy that, but not everybody does. You know, you take straight vodka out there and that's more like just get drunk for drunk's sake kind of thing yeah if you're so, drinking
1: straight vodka it's definitely like not for the flavor no
0: no i don't care how how many times they filter filtered 82 times okay <laughs> it still it's tastes, still tastes just like just vodka. alcohol
2: yeah
0: <laughs> um so to then go the opposite direction the heaviest you could do would be like a, a session beer like you mm-hmm. know, like four percent beer. You're carrying cans that are just like going to weigh you down if you want any kind of like feeling from it.
1: Truth, I have seen guys backpack thirty packs like twenty miles into a place. Oh yeah, for sure. But
0: but why? Like, yeah, I mean, I'd rather replace that with like
1: a liter sour of Sour Patch Kids. Oh yes, a <laughs> liter of mead and ten bags of Sour Patch Kids. Yeah, that would be the equivalent. So, if you have if you have children and you like to uh, you want to take them backpacking or hiking. I highly recommend bringing a bag of candy. Um, It actually works on on adults too, but that little sugar burst will help get them through kind of whatever they need to get through. So it's like taking that, you know, when grandma comes over and feeds your kid way too much damn sugar, it's sort of like taking that and using it to your advantage. And they burn out at the end of it. Do not get me wrong. But (laughs) I got, got, oh dude, I got my, an eight-year-old and a 12-year-old to hike up the side of the Grand Canyon carrying their weight and everything. And I just kept feeding them sugar.
0: It's great. Here you go. Here you yeah. go.
1: They got Here to the go. top, and they passed out almost instantly. <laughs> yeah, that's as most people do.
0: Yeah. Whether or not you are coming off of a sugar rush, or yeah, not, you get to the top of Grand Canyon, you're like, <sighs> anybody want to take a nap? Yeah. So I think that middle ground. What I was saying, why I thought that was, you know, really kind of cool, is that with 13% mead, and, and you know, meads run the gamut of their session meads too, and all that stuff. But ours mm-hmm. is 13%. So if I fill up a little flask of mead, it's not going to be as much alcohol as whiskey, but it's going to be a pleasure to drink. And it's going to still give you that nice, you know, into the day happy hour. And so the weight to alcohol ratio of mead, I think is in a really, really good spot. Um, and I've, at least that's how I've experienced it. And so, um, yeah, just another great adventure partner. I think 13% is a nice, good, sweet spot. If you can, Grab maybe, I don't know, I, you might even mix a little. Maybe I'd take Methaglen mead and put like a little shot of whiskey in it too. Um, oh man, mead is such a great cocktail. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, you can mix up a cocktail in one of those plastic lightweight flasks uh, if you're going backpacking for a couple of days. You better got a big old flask. Should we talk about our backpacking experience with mead?
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Nice. I uh, think I was... that's that's one of my favorites. I would love to. I would love to have done more. You know what I mean?
0: On that trip, yeah, yeah, oh, just yeah. in
1: general, just more with Darren, just that whole the whole thing. You know, I would have loved to have have done more of the the CDT with him, yeah, or or any of the PCT or anything like that. Yeah, still um, there. But our good buddy um Darren Darren Campbell, he went and he hiked the PCT there last year, or the year before, and then uh, last year in twenty twenty he hiked the uh, CDT. What a heck of a year to! to be out in the woods for <laughs> six months, you know? that's It's the yeah. best year ever to be out in the woods for six months.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we joined him for a couple of days, and we've talked about this a little bit before, mm-hmm. but we joined Mexico him for...
1: to Canada yeah. on both trips. Like, you're not talking not like us. a chunk of it. <laughs> no, my goodness, I would love that, but it's kind of hard to take off six months right now.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, but we joined him on his... Uh, country to country or border to border journey for a couple of days and uh we brought with us mead and so we brought a lot of mead a A good amount of mead and so instead of bringing bottles of it not enough
1: mead as it turns out yeah
0: never rarely is Mm -mm. especially with an irishman (laughs) yeah
1: that'll that's like you gotta you gotta multiply by two instantly (laughs) whatever you thought you were bringing multiply by two
0: yeah yeah, and so that can, that can get kind of heavy with glass. And so instead, Absolutely. what you had the brilliant, brilliant idea brilliant. is to fill a plastic platypus bladder, uh, well, multiple yeah. bladders, uh, lightweight plastic bladders with the mead. And oh my God, that was perfect. Yeah. Absolutely
1: perfect. You've now taken the packaging and, and made it super light. Um, we even took carbonated ones with us on that trip. <laughs> yeah. And those platypus actually held up with the carbonation so that when we were drinking it even like two or three days later after pouring it into a platypus we were able to drink it with bubbles yeah
0: yeah, yeah. This is, we are not it still carbonated. by platypus but if, no, but if someone... platypus
1: want to reach out give us some free mead sacks hit
0: us up we will take them into some amazing places and give you good pictures yeah
1: we'll take your sacks
0: and we will abuse
1: them. <laughs> we'll,
0: we'll put them through the test. We'll love
1: them and abuse them. I always thought I should have been a gear tester. <laughs> you you definitely should I, should I be. beat the hell out of anything I put my hands on. It's just like... Yeah, you beat the hell out of your hands, too. Yeah, yeah, those two. I've got... Yeah.
0: Yeah, so that was a great, fun adventure with Mead. Um, I think it was it's something tasty. It's, it's a nice, um, you know, most of our stuff, a lot of our stuff is on the drier side, but it's still honey based. And so that, that campfire around at the end of a day, having that little, it's almost like it hits your brain in a different way. Uh, when you drink meat, well, it does, the buzz it does. is it absolutely totally different, but, but that kind of sweet tinge, like I love an IPA, but at the end of a hard hike, I'm actually going to say, I I don't know, you know, you know, I'd reach for a traditional mead or a methoglen or a, or a lemon ginger mead or something like that.
1: Ooh, the lemon ginger is, that's the, that's the best hiking mead we have. I think that passion fruit, you like the passion fruit for it with,
0: Oh yeah. A little bite. Yeah. But Mm. I would still go lemon ginger. That's a good one. Mm. Which one would you pick quick? You got two seconds. lemon ginger. Like lemon ginger. Yeah. Mm. I think Darren would pick America.
1: I like the, I like the citrus, right? Mm -hmm. You bring enough mead on a boat trip, to England 400 years ago, and you would not end up with your teeth oh, falling
0: scurvy. out. Oh, <laughs> scurvy. I was like, where are you going with this? A little vitamin C. Yeah. Well, well I, I think wonder- that's,
1: we, we use all real fruit and it's all good raw honey. So I think there's a lot to be said for the ingredients you put into something and, and how you end up feeling afterwards. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's-
0: yep. Okay, I'm going to go to our next, um, actually, should we, let's, let's throw a story in.
1: Yeah, let's listen.
0: So we got a voicemail. By the way, if you guys want to leave us a voicemail ever, I don't care. Drunk dial us, please. Please drunk dial us. Please.
1: Let us know in there if you, you know, don't <laughs> want us to play you on the Meadcast um and we won't we won't put your voice on there. Just let us know what you want done with your you're recording. Yeah, because if please. you yeah, I
0: guess if you drunk leave us a message like well we'll use our discretion. We'll right?
1: give you a call back. We'll we'll yeah. double check. Yeah. We'll double check.
0: Yeah. Um, so drunk dial us, please. <laughs> but definitely drunk dial us, <laughs> absolutely. So we asked people to leave a message on our voicemail uh, specific for the meatcast, which is speak pipe like speaking and a pipe like a plumbing pipe speakpipe.com slash drinking horn
1: yeah like a plumbing pipe <laughs> like a
0: plumbing pipe uh, and you can leave a voicemail there it's 90 seconds so we asked for that we got uh, two people uh, giving us voicemails so let's let's listen to this one's a story mm. <laughs> can't wait to hear this we haven't
1: heard it yet no i'm excited for both these i haven't heard any of them yet i'm I'm very excited
0: yeah so this is from ed moss uh who is a great grand canyon dude and a mead lover for sure uh an amazing photographer amazing photographer
1: and and he's got a kind of long list of accolades
0: yeah and one of them i like is uh is cool guy yeah oh yeah that's the best one he is a cool guy yeah he is a
1: cool guy all right let's listen to
0: ed moss's story
2: hey nick and drinking horn this is ed um i got a story for you so, we got a late start for a Grand Canyon backpacking trip, one, uh, I don't know, a couple years ago. We planned to loop Newhance to Tanner uh, through the Escalante route. We arrived at the trailhead sometime right around sunset, it was getting dark quickly. Our bags were way too heavy, and we knew we were bringing more than, way more than enough booze for two people for just a couple days. Uh, there had been storms nearby in the area, and the river was running red, so we packed extra water. Uh, so we could avoid having to add a couple extra steps for filtering water down at the river. (laughs) But after an hour of hiking, started smelling something strange and we couldn't couldn't figure out what it was until we stopped for a break. Uh, My buddy that I was with, he slipped almost immediately after the descent began down New Hance. Um, We stopped later for a break and we realized his bag was soaking wet. And he started to unpack everything and he had brought two ba- two full bags of wine to surprise me for my birthday, which is way more than enough wine for two people. <laughs> so we, we soon realized this was an issue because we had nothing to put the, the wine in, to, to salvage the wine. So. Once we realized that he had spilled a bunch of wine, popped the bags, we tried to salvage it by dumping the water, that, the extra water that we brought to be ready at camp. Uh, so we filled up a multiliter MSR drum of the wine that we could salvage and then we carried the broken bags and sipped on them as we descended in the dark down New Newhance under the new moon. Um, <laughs> so. It was a pretty miserable and brutal hike, but then you introduce all of that wine. We had a lot more bumps and bruises and scrapes when we arrived at camp much later than we had originally planned. Um, Others of sounder minds probably would have chalked the wine up as a loss, but we decided to start the birthday celebration a little early, which made for a a much worse descent. Um, And you know, leave no trace. I guess includes spilled wine Um, Anyway we got to the river really late And uh, we weren't feeling our best The next day for obvious reasons And we never made it to Tanner We ended up laying over and hiking out um, The next day But the moral of the story Is don't bring Cheap bags of wine Bring drinking horn mead See you guys later Oh man (laughs) I've been there (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) just
0: wait on the new hands uh esplante i have well i've been on that
1: trail before for sure
0: (laughs) yeah you been in that situation Uh,
1: definitely where you 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 end up tearing open a bag of wine Do you remember our san juan trip oh yeah i i reused the platypus they're supposed to be super reusable and i did the same thing i was like man carbonated stuff works so well on the backpacking trip well i'm (laughs) gonna bring some more for this and i stuffed (laughs) it in there and then threw it inside of my jefe kayak And, uh, it didn't, they, those started leaking too. Yeah. So we, we only lost like maybe a half a liter out of four liters. I think.
0: I wonder how much Ed lost uh, and how much they got into their bodies instead. Right. (laughs) I mean, you can always, you can always drink
1: drink it out of the clothing that it soaks into. Just wring it out into each other's mouths. You just, you just just hold your little sleeping bag all soaked in booze and just suck it out of the sleeping bag. Oh, I hope the sleeping bags weren't wet. Although... Sounds like... That was a great sound. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like by the time they got down there, it doesn't matter what your sleeping conditions are, you're going to pass out.
1: <laughs> yeah, you don't care. Yeah. But then, like you said, waking up the next morning after a bunch of cheap wine. Mm-hmm. I oh,
0: Hiking out... I I don't know if I've ever been like really hungover and had to hike out of the canyon, which is amazing to say. Mm, no, <clears throat> but, I, ha- I have. For oh, I'm sure. sure you have. For sure. <laughs> but, oh, Ed, that is... Awesome! That great story. I love it. Um, I do. I love it. I love that it was it was your birthday and it was a surprise and and the surprise was even bigger than you thought it was going to be. Right? And like <laughs> you
1: said, like you end up more more wounded by the time you make it to wherever <laughs> yeah, you're going. Hilarious. That was but, hilarious. Uh, but you don't even care. It doesn't matter. You're having a good time.
0: Oh, in the dark, new moon. So so, so no light.
1: light. Pitch black. Yeah. I mean, well,
0: I guess they'd have headlamps, so it didn't sound yeah. like they were. I mean, well, I guess they were it's going not, for an it's overnight. not Vanta black, but it's it's. No, but it's uh, yeah, stumbly black for yeah, sure when you're yeah. when you're drunk and heading down. Uh, I mean, New Hans is not a maintained
1: trail either. No, like, no, no. It's maintained by people like foot traffic. Yeah, and there's not a lot. Like, no, <laughs> and that
0: thing uh, it couple, gets it gets hundred a year um, by, by landslides a couple times too. So, well, thank you, Ed. Uh, so happy that you sent in that, that voicemail. I love this little voicemail thing. I want to hear more from people. Um, yeah. So, uh, let's, uh, jump back into one more topic, mm-hmm. right, at least one more for today's discussion. And I think this is actually something I'd like to look into and really delve into more, um, than I have already. Honey is, uh, it has been used for Ever, not only for its you know sweetener side of it, but also its its uh, health properties and mm-hmm. benefits. And so, honey has been used to like slathering it on wounds because of its antimicrobial my antimicrobial properties, antifungal.
1: It's A- uh, yeah, anti it's antibiotic, antibiotic. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's it, even more like it's even more than yeah. It's it's anti a lot of things which is it kills bad stuff it's the it's the ultimate hipster yeah
0: it, yeah it's anti everything well That's even hilarious. in
1: even in our modern medicine which sometimes likes to ignore previous medicines um they use it now it, it's approved and it's used in uh, on burn victims especially mm. they yeah. have they have honey pat that mm. is just like a, a you know sterically sterically <laughs> surgically sterile, uh, <laughs> pad that basically has honey smeared on it. And they huh. put that, they cover it on the burns. And I'm talking when you've got, you know, like oh, yeah. third degree burns. Not over like, ouch, I a hot pan. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Huge skin sloughing burns oh. over chunks of your body. Oh. But they use honey. Sloughing. And it's, it's made, a, it's made a huge difference.
0: Huge difference. Nice. So athletically what I'm, what, what honey is for, that's crazy too. I don't know. I just, I guess what you just said kind of like hit Honey, me in two phases about it's magical, man. Burning wounds. Yeah. And one of the properties, the magical properties, we're not going to talk about all of them. We yeah. could. Mm. We already have probably, but yeah. is the anti inflammatory properties. And mm-hmm. I want to talk about that because in endurance sports or, or things that kind of last a long time, you build up a lot of inflammation. So if it's a run, or, say, a kayak that you're, like, using your shoulders a lot. Just ask or,
1: my lower spine.
0: Yeah, uh, mine too. Yeah.
1: <laughs> What's left of it?
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, inflammation is, it's a good response by the body because it brings in healing chemicals. But, yes. I
1: mean, we overdo it. And, and, it can, and it can notify you to problem true. areas. Right? Yeah. yeah, for like sure. That's so. part of the idea of that response is that then you are like, oh, wow. Yeah, you need to chill <laughs> out, buddy my wrist doesn't have full movement anymore. Maybe I should, uh, (laughs) yeah.
0: Yeah. So (laughs) inflammation, oh God, uh, inflammation is an issue, uh, post, post, you know, workout, post athletic event, whatever. Um, you're looking for things like recovery drinks or recovery activities to lower the inflammation and honey has anti-inflammation properties. So I I remember, the past, like I don't know, maybe five, six, seven years, people talking about beer as being a really good recovery beverage. It's got the right protein to to um, carbohydrate ratio, and that's fine. But it also has a lot of things that can cause your body to start getting a little inflamed. Meat, on the other hand, I th- I think in my personal biased opinion, uh, mead having that honey and the simplicity of the drink is it is going to help a little bit. Now, I'm not saying like go slug a half liter after doing something and you'll feel fine. But I do believe in that anti-inflammatory property of honey helping to recover your muscles after a strenuous thing. If nothing else, I think it's the best option for alcohol consumption after an athletic event.
1: Absolutely. Well, and the, and the honey itself, like it's got lots of things that are, that are in the mead in the finished product that are, it's kind of the same with the hangover, right? Like there is potassium in the mead. There is, you know, there's, there's a little bit of sugar left in the mead. There's all these things that can, that can help with bodily recovery.
0: Yeah. 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 In fact, uh, I found a a study that said natural honey, uh, natural honey, Go listen to our uh, our podcast about fake honey. Yeah, uh, but natural honey lowers plasma uh, prostaglandins. Damn it, I practiced that yesterday, and I just plasma <laughs> prostaglandins. I this this stuff. It lowers this stuff uh, concentrations in normal individuals, which lowers the inflammation reaction. And so, you know, it was actually.
1: And, and that's their studies. That's why Nick said the word natural, honey. It's not necessarily a word that he would use on his own. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs>
1: it's, it's a stupid word. Stupid words.
0: But yeah, I think that's a, that's a big thing and, and something I, I do want to delve into a little bit more. I know after I did my, you know, I don't have enough... <laughs> I'm not gonna. I don't know. I'm not gonna create my own study with myself and be like, go run 25 miles, drink beer, and then go run 25 miles and drink wine, and go run 25 miles and drink
1: whiskey. But you now run. With me. You run those 25 miles anyway, so. I know, so I might as well. Might as yeah. well. I'm gonna talk you into experimenting on yourself. If anybody out there has any
0: experience with post you know, athletic alcoholic beverages, you know, yeah. let us, let us know well, what your thoughts are. Give us a jangle. A jingle jangle morning, I come following you. That's
1: not rap either, bro. But, um, oh yeah, it is. No, it's not.
0: Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> cool. So, um, one other thing I just wanted to touch on, I guess that wasn't the last thing is the fact that, uh, our meat is 100%
1: gluten-free. 100%. Nice. It's not gluten reduced. No. It's gluten free. It never right. has any grains. Never has any gluten in it. Gluten reduced is another one of those words. That's yeah,
0: yeah. yeah I've got a yeah a, a big a big episode actually with the Repkas, both Repkas on um,
1: gluten reduced on yeah brew because... trails, uh,
0: which is actually still out there. You can still listen to episodes of the brew trails
1: because Amanda is hardcore, uh, right? right? Like yeah. like
0: like bad like she yeah, drinks right. half
1: a beer and she like doesn't feel good for like 3 that days makes, that makes sense why chris makes some of the best cider i've ever had exactly yeah. yep
0: yeah they used to be big uh big beer heads uh big crap beer heads uh, when they lived in colorado and then she all of a sudden like couldn't you know like it wow. developed
1: that kind of a, yeah that's interesting
0: yeah oh yeah it's not it it's definitely a human
1: body's fascinating you know <laughs> like is, right? the the guys that like the woodworkers that eventually end up like allergic to sawdust.
0: Oh yeah. Yeah.
1: You know, like it happens, it happens in a lot of professions where people end up becoming allergic to those things. And you think like exposure over time, your body would get used to it, but I in guess that's cases. just not yeah. right. But not in others, you mm-hmm. know, not in others. Yeah. I started to actually get uh, a little bit of skin reactions to uh, fish slime. Oh yeah. Yeah. Towards, towards the end of my fish biology career. 10 years of squeezing the fishes
0: (laughs) i'm guessing fish slime is a technical term
1: yeah yeah super technical jargon
0: so the reason i brought up gluten-free was not because i i i know and i don't believe and i've actually seen no indication that a gluten-free diet helps athletic performance no but it will if you have a a sensitivity to it right right so this Afterwards, eating pasta or like having gluten, you could get some bad reactions before after athletics. So there's a lot of people who want to go gluten-free to improve their athletic performance. And for some, it can if they have a sensitivity. But if you don't, then it's not going
1: to improve it. But I think it's something there's to an, think about. There's more and more people coming up with some sort of a sensitivity to Oh, yeah. And, don't, and so just to – I don't want to get – Super deep into this, we've we've made you guys listen to us for long enough, and oh, I've got yeah. I've got a whole other subject I still want to get into, which I'm glad that we're going to finish off a couple of bottles of mead before we start talking about this. <laughs> um, but the the way that genetically modified organisms are made is by using a chunk of virus to insert a certain genetic sequence into another genetic sequence, and so some of mm-hmm. what they've found, and this isn't it's not super well-proven, not super well-studied by any means, needs some more research, um, is that what they're finding with some people is that they're not actually allergic to the gluten, but their body is having an allergic reaction, quite possibly to that chunk of virus that they used as the vehicle of insertion for that genetic whatever. Yep. And so that's, you know, and so it's just, you know, we don't, when people talk about long-term effects of things, like messing with the genetics of something is like, uh, that's there's some serious long-term possible effects that we have no understanding of. We like to think that since we cracked the genome and we can put a, a name on all the pieces in there, that we've figured it out, but that's ignorant. No,
0: it, we think there's a...
1: <laughs> Ignorant might have been a I used harsh,
0: to tell... You know? No, no, no. I used to talk to my students about actually both things that specifically how they would use genes from fish in tomatoes to make them frost proof.
2: Mm -hmm. Um,
0: and people with fish allergies and sometimes would have problems, but I would talk to them about, you know, think about on the wall, there's a fuse box and there's one lever on the outside on and off. You open up that fuse box and there's wires all over the place that can go different directions. So that's like how our bodies are just because of one gene is there. There are many different what are we talking about right now? Things are that that, going no, no. into like no, that's, yeah, crazy
1: to... biology here. But um yeah, yeah but yeah.
0: We've had a lot of yeah, it, comments. Fascinating.
1: Our listeners do love hearing the sciencey stuff. So.
0: Yeah. It's fascinating. Um but yeah, the gluten free thing, if you are looking for a beverage, you know, that that you maybe you have a small sensitivity or maybe a
1: large sensitivity too or maybe you just want to experiment and see if you have a sensitivity
0: exactly exactly see how, how you feel for a couple of weeks instead
1: Be, of beer and see how you feel
0: yep because this is coming from a study here too uh returning to the questionnaire study 80% and again questionnaire study of how many people you know you I don't know how great this science is but uh of the athletes who followed a gluten-free diet reported improved gastrointestinal symptoms, indicating they experienced some positive effects from eating non-gluten foods. I think there is something, what you just said before, that there is a lot of people who don't know that they're sensitive. And that sensitivity could be light, but it could make a difference. And
1: most of the most of and once you, do you mean like grain sensitivity or the possibly viral sensitivity? Oh,
0: like well, the sensitivity I, was about, to... I was thinking the gluten. Yeah, the the grain. Right, right. Or the well, I mean either direction, ingredient. right?
1: Like it's a good one to go and experiment with yourself and just see how you see how you feel. Yeah, and then let us know. Yeah, maybe <laughs> we're wrong. Tell us we're wrong. Yeah, uh,
0: I do have uh, one more voicemail uh, from Donnie. So I think it's uh, it's actually. <laughs> Thanks, Donnie, for the voicemail. Love it. It's not on topic, but I thought I'd throw it in here anyway. Yeah. It's kind of. Yeah. So here is Donnie over in North Carolina.
2: Hey, what's up, guys? It's your buddy Donnie here. Uh, I had a couple questions. Uh, first off, I was wondering if you guys have ever messed around with or have any plans for some spontaneously fermented mead. Uh, I think it would be really cool. As far as I know, it's a little more complicated than making a wild beer but I'd love to hear your thoughts if you've done it before or plan to do it in the future. Besides that, I have a question for Nick. Hey dude, when are you going to send me some fricking drinking horn to North Carolina?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Whatever dude. Uh, You know, we shipped to North Carolina. (laughs) Oh, I need to get on. In fact, I've got a post-it note with Donnie's address right there um, because he got me into clubhouse. Oh, yeah. Um, Scratch a
1: little back. Scratch a little back.
0: Great little off-topic questions there about spontaneously uh, fermented mead. I've got my thoughts on it, um, but what do you think?
1: My quick rundown is um, the only reason we haven't is because of watching Nick's previous experiments with uh, wild fermentation. And you had a couple that turned out pretty tasty. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, the Beaver Creek one was pretty good. They smell like garbage while they're (laughs) fermenting. they can yeah wild yeast it's not like like when you garbage yeah yeah when you walk back into our warehouse and like it it just like it smells like like honey and like a little like kind of like a hint of bread yeah it's delicious it's delicious when we used to have the tap room in here people would always come in and be like oh my gosh it smells so good in here and like i'm completely numbed out to it at this point like i don't smell it at all most of the time you know it's just like it's i probably smell like it and that's i hope so (laughs) Yeah. Forget cologne. I smell like freaking fermenting mead. You wish you did. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. I know. I probably don't. I smell like <laughs> terrible butt. <laughs> but uh, so that's the only reason that we haven't yet, but I really like the idea of it. And I'm honestly, I'm always saying that we need to do it. And so we should really just just jump on it one of these days. I mean, we'll we'll start with a really tiny one. To do, to do a wild fermentation, for anybody who doesn't know, um, all you really have to do is we make up a must, just a little honey and water mixture and we take that up and we go stick it on a tree in the forest. And like you can try different places, right? Like you could try hanging one from my beard and seeing what you catch there. You could try hanging one in my backyard where the elk like to scratch their horns off on the trees like they're doing right now. Oh, we could try one nice. there and you can get some elk yeast. Mm. Um, part of the problem that mead has with that, at least for us, is we like to ferment relatively high alcohol content. Most of the time when you're catching a wild yeast, it's not going to perform that well um you're going to be definitely it's definitely going to be a session style mead um which is not a bad thing in any way but you just have to be like prepared for that style of fermentation and that style of beverage you know and make something that that is fitting to that yeast um, so that's kind of the, the caveat there is that you're going to end up with lower alcohol, most likely. I'm not, that's not 100% though. I mean, the original yeast that we use now to get to, you know, 20% or more alcohol content was also originally a wild yeast. Hmm. Um, so there's, you know, some, there's, there's some natural selection that we can do as humans um, and play our, our bean game. As I like to think of it, just like our, our natural, you know, yeah. not our unnatural selection artificial. of us. Yes. Artificial. <laughs> Damn, need. <laughs> you got all my words guns.
0: <laughs> You, that, good, dude, that's awesome. I, I was thinking I'm all hoity-toity because I've dealt with spontaneous fermentations and stuff like that before, but you just hit two of my three things that I was going to talk about with, what, with, like, mead and spontaneous.
1: What's number three? Get us
0: number three. Well, let me review one and two real fast. Uh. I think you chose. So, number one, <laughs> well, not number, they're not in order, but one thing to worry about with mead is, and this is kind of what you said, you're talking about the smell, but meat is a very simple drink. And so you can't hide what the yeast is going to do to your drink. What we use is a very, very clean yeast. So it could be a good thing if what you happen to catch randomly out in the open is a good flavored yeast. But I feel like other beverages, like I think, I don't know, maybe there's spontaneous wine, but like beer is like, really, that's the lambic style, the spontaneous. Um, There's a lot of things playing in there that can kind of... You know, I don't want to use like hide anything bad from the yeast, but that's really what it does. So no, one of the You can things, kick up
1: that flavor, like, you know, you can throw a bunch of hops in on something and totally like eliminate yeah. some, some weird off flavor from the fermentation. Or it could work well with that. right? Yeah, or, or, right. Or pair with it. And so it ends up being even better than before.
0: Yeah. Know? So one of the things I was thinking when I heard this, I actually heard this question a little bit before was, um, Sneaky how, bastard. <laughs> how, I just love hearing Donnie's voice. Um, is the simplicity you could you could run into some different issues there. Uh, number two, your the alcohol tolerance of the yeast was something I thought about too because a lot of the natural yeasts can't tolerate the alcohol that you want mead to be at. But you, I didn't even think about the session stuff. So you bringing that up was was great. Yeah. And the third is
1: that was a weird noise.
0: Creating <laughs> a weird noise from Evan. What? 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 Um, the third is what? <laughs> honestly, um, the. The price tag of a batch of mead is different than a price tag of a batch of beer. So doing an, yeah. a quote unquote experiment that has a we'll call it 50-50 chance of coming out could be, you know, something to think about. Right. right. Doesn't mean don't Ex- do it. Experimenting
1: but it with like a, a gallon batch of like what do you call beer before you pitch the yeast? Wart. Wart. So like using some wart. And sticking it out there in a one gallon size, like that's kind of the go to is like a one gallon bucket or to like capture, a, yeah yeah, and um <clears throat> you're not you're not burning a whole lot of money, no. like you do that with with honey and you're doing a five gallon batch, like you might burn up two hundred bucks and figuring this stuff out, yeah,
0: yeah, again, not not meaning it, it shouldn't be
1: done, and no' it be done, and it's just something to think about, and we will. Nice.
0: I love that. I just heard that. And I love that it's recorded. It'll be, I know, recording. Oh yes, we're recording. Damn it.
1: (laughs) No, yeah. It'll just, you know, it's a little ways out. We got a lot of things to think about. Um, I would love for us to come out with the session meet at some point, and Mm. maybe that would be a beautiful way to do it. There's a lot of companies out there that will take a wild yeast that you capture and use and like, and they will actually propagate it and have it readily available for you whenever you want to order it. Now, is that wild at that point? Um, we'll let people mole on it. I don't want us to answer it. Okay. Cool. Mole on that.
0: Mo- like mold one. Mole. All right, cool. Thank you, Donnie, for that voicemail. Uh, yeah,
1: we appreciate it, Donnie. Yeah.
0: Oh, and the second part of that about me sending you mead. I'll, I'll, get, I'll get it there, buddy. I'll get it there. <laughs> scratch your back. Scratch your back. Yeah. All right, you said there was one more thing you wanted to talk about. Ooh, I do. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm a little scared. I'm...
1: I, I mean, only because it kind of makes my belly hurt, like a little oh. bit, talking about it. Okay. I mean, I, I huh. kind of envision it. You know what I mean? And it's a...
0: No, I don't. I don't know what. I literally don't know what you're about to talk about.
1: Exploding bee dicks. Okay, I kind of did know what you were. <laughs> <Like, laughs> I was just hoping maybe it was something else. <laughs> nope. Nope.
0: Exploding bee endopenises.
1: Uh, no, I don't know. I had the endophallus. Indophallus. Uh, that doesn't quite sound right. Oh, no, it is. Endophallus. All right. So, but we're going we're gonna to start at the beginning of this. Uh, it's been a little while since we brought you guys any, like, brand new, fresh new bee news.
0: Bees in the news.
1: So, just for a little backstory here. So, basically, in anything written about bees from the Victorian age up to about the 1970s, it was thought that queens mated with a single male. That was it. That was what everybody wrote. That's what they thought. Hmm. Um, I'm not too sure where they got that, because from what have... we're learning now, it's entirely wrong. I I honestly think that's one of those uh, religious influences.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, maybe they were promoting monogamy because of a religious... Totally. Yeah.
1: Anytime I see Victorian age, I'm assuming the church is up to some shit.
0: Not saying that monogamy in humans is wrong. We're just saying... I'm not saying, I'm just saying. Okay. Back to the exploding bee in Right,
1: so I just I just find it interesting that, like, for possibly hundreds of years, like, this is what we thought. Um, and, and recently, um, and I'm not even talking 1970s, some of the stuff I'm going to be talking about is actually within, like, the last year or two um, that's come out. Um, so, hmm. anyway. Recent. Yeah, but just a little backstory here. So queen bee mating flights occur around seven to eight days after emergence. So we're talking about, you know, it was an egg. They make the queen cell. The queen is formed inside of the cell into a larvae. And then the queen, they cap it off and she develops into a bee. And then she goes and spends the next few days kind of familiarizing herself with the hive and doing test flights. That's her big deal for huh. those days. They start doing test flights. Hmm. Um, and then it can be as early as like five days or as late as like 15 or something like that. But like seven to eight days is about the average for when the queen starts actually going out to mate. Um, and what we've found, and, and it's, so it's, it's really interesting because like I said, we used to think it was one, right? And what we're learning, um, we were talking about it earlier and I actually found another paper more recent that had even higher numbers on it. Oh boy. Um, queen bees can mate with up to 50 drones. Oh yeah, in, and these are short flights. So in the queen in one flight, yeah, in one flight, Oof. possibly, possibly. Now I don't think they necessarily know that because they were taking genetic data mm. from larvae already in the hive, mm. so it wasn't necessarily correlated to like number of flights kind of thing. Gotcha. Um, but they have found that they take multiple flights as well. We didn't necessarily understand that initially either. They take multiple flights, were relatively short. Um, everything I was reading in the studies is that a queen's mating flight will take less than half hour. So, I mean, pretty quick. But, I mean, the uh, the, the oh, copulation between cringe. males and females and bees is, like, it's also extremely fast, like, explosively so. Uh-oh. Oh, zing. Zing. <laughs> um, so the average number of drones that a queen mates with is 12. I found that stated in a lot of things. Can be as low as one, can be as high as 50 or more. Um, pretty impressive. Jeez. And something else that I was finding is the suge- the success measured by like longevity of rain. So a beehive can last 40, 50 years if if it's well taken care of and well done with. Yeah. But a queen lasts maybe five years at the longest. Hmm. And this article, um, which was by some folks, uh, doctors Tarpey, Richard and Grosinger from NCSU from North Carolina state university. Oh, they're fantastic. We love them. I swear we know them personally. And, uh, what they were finding was that, the success of a of a queen honeybee is directly correlated. Now we're not saying related, directly correlated with the number of matings that that queen has, hmm. which is so, it's pretty interesting. So like, and so when you think about this, like we had we had one hive of bees that I kept putting queens into, and they just kept killing them, right? So that's a piece of it. Is like for the rest of the hive to accept this queen. So they raise her. She goes out and mates. If she only mates with one drone while she's out there and comes back and tries to start laying eggs, there's a half a chance that the workers are just going to kill her off.
0: Whoa.
1: Right. Crazy. Like you didn't mate with enough dudes out there. And it's not necessary. I mean, obviously I like as a biologist, I always want to go to like, oh, genetic diversity, genetic diversity. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's just like, uh, and, and what they were finding though, was that the more matings that the queen had, the more pheromones she produced. And as we've talked about previously, mm-hmm. like a, a queen manages her hive keeps her place on the throne. I'm putting that in air quotes cause it's, you know, she's more like a slave to the colony than a throne, you know what I mean? <laughs> than like a queen, yeah. but like, but she ends up keeping her place in the colony longer by mating with more bees direct, direct, you know, they follow the same line. Cool. So I, I just thought that was, I thought that was awfully interesting. And all of this is getting us into exploding bee dicks, right? <laughs> Oh
0: cover your children's ears or open them up because this is nature.
1: Yeah, this is just nature. We're going to be talking about endophalluses and uh <laughs> oh my gosh, the the queen bee has a special organ for receiving uh semen. And like it, it's pretty actually they they're studying it right now because those those queen bees that live for I actually heard it I heard it on NPR. Oh, I was driving Whoa. around earlier. Oh my yeah, god. It's really cool. <clears throat> just adding just stealing NPR shit. What? And uh so what they were saying was that a, I got all excited and forgot about it.
0: The uh, special sac area. Oh yeah, yeah. Bee. So
1: it's it's the ability to store semen, like, and the bees don't have refrigerators or deep freezers, right? Not or that anything we know like of. That. Not that we know of. And so, ooh, <laughs> tricksy devils. But so these queens are able to store essentially at room temperature inside of their body sperm, viable sperm, for five years. We can't do that. Whoa. Like, we can't do that as humans. You know what I mean? Even with freezers and technology and all the rest of this shit, it don't last five years. No? Oh, no. So this is, that. it's really interesting because they were talking about, you know, we used to, like, imagine the seed bank that they have, like, up in Norway or whatever it is.
0: <laughs> I, thought, I thought seed bank was way different in this case.
1: No, yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, Underground it, could, seed it bank. could end gotcha. up as that kind of seed bank yeah. where you're literally <laughs> storing, like, eggs and sperm instead of like, it's like the seed bank, but for, for animals and to bugs and everything else. Right. Cause we don't, we don't pop out seeds that you can keep viable for a hundred years in the right conditions. Right. We, we pop out little creatures or we lay little eggs that creatures pop out of. I don't mean we as in humans, <laughs> I'm talking <laughs> animals versus plants. Yeah. And so if you had the ability to store sperm and ostensibly eggs for many years you would end up like we you know it, it it's just brings a whole new level of science and and preservation possibly and all these other things so it's really cool
0: <clears throat> Evan is super interested in this in no fact, I love B-Sex I, we're gonna start a whole new podcast called B-Sex 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 B-Sex,
1: B-sex. So the exploding dicks. I learned about this from uh, some other podcasts actually, pretty recently, as well as uh, I've been re- it's, you know, it, it's kind of a catchy headline. So it's, it's managed to get its circulation amongst all us nerds. <laughs> and uh, so what happens is part of this queen mating, part of what they think, these scientists when they were getting into it is that it's not necessarily genetic diversity of having mated with this many males. Mm. But that it was quite possibly just the volume of semen that the queen was able to take back. So the greater volume of semen that the queen is able to acquire, the more eggs or the better eggs, something along those lines, we don't necessarily understand yet, she's able to lay. It Mm. is somehow effective in increasing fecundity for... For her to mate with all these extra bees, and so part of like the reason that like literally they say that if there's a swarm of drones, because these drones will come out and they'll kind of fly around in groups, like not necessarily fighting with each other like a bunch of elk do or something like that, but like they're just trying to get at the first queen they see. So maybe in the sense of like not necessarily fighting, but like a speed sort of thing could be part of their edge. And say, yeah. yeah. There is some competition on some level or another, um, but not like combat necessarily, yeah. but a speed game. In lots of ways. Because after the drone and the queen mate, the drones, endophallus, and testicles literally explode. They say you can hear it. I've (laughs) never heard this. And this is like the most hilarious thing ever to me. Because I would love to be sitting around, like walking through a field where we have our bees or something. And you just like hear these little pops. And that would be bee dicks exploding. Oh, my gosh. And so part of the whole idea behind this is that it is like the force of the ejaculation Needs to be strong enough to try to push as much of it as it can as far up into the queen as they can to be able, you know, to to spread their offspring and, and be viable.
0: Whew. That's a bucket list for you now, huh? Yeah,
1: it pops off the head of the, the head of their endophallus, actually breaks off inside of the queen, supposedly. Hmm. I read this in one paper, I couldn't find it in others. Um what do you do with like do they they must dissolve that or do something they? you know what i mean yeah. like oh, up upta- yeah, yeah. it, it? Go? yeah they must uptake it because if you have 50 endophallus heads inside of you like that's a snack i'm figuring right like or a blockage yeah, i that's mean you got a oh, Yeah, huh. they're not just going to sit there
0: so uh, so obviously the the drones only get one shot because their equipment's gone now do they survive that
1: no Oh, that's a death sentence. Oh, okay. <laughs> it is like it is like many males in the uh, the the kingdom of bugs and beetles and creepy crawlies of other varieties is yeah. that uh, we get one go at it and then and then it's over. It's all we're useful for. Well, I mean, honestly, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So wow, yeah. wow. You know what's freaking crazy, nature. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know what else is crazy? This mead cast.
0: Yeah, <laughs> because we just talked about adventurous mead. We just talked about exploding B dicks I'm sorry, did I interrupt any more exploding B No, no, no. I was trying palaces. to keep it
1: I was trying to keep it pretty short and concise there. I hope uh I mean if anybody has any questions, hit us up with them. I got all kinds of questions too, and I'm trying to trying to find more answers vehemently for them. You know, um my, my search engine on Google has just been ruined by looking for exploding B i <laughs> Oh
0: you didn't do the you didn't do the incognito.
1: No, I did not. And and <laughs> So
0: yeah. I'm thinking this might be a room that we create in Clubhouse and a talk. Uh, you do a little more research. Sounds like you got a, a good foundation of research. You do a little bit more. It's and a good start. It could be one of the most popular rooms in Clubhouse. Exploding uh, b dicks.
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, it will be once I get a recording of it. Yeah. Like the popping, the oh, audio recording of the, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, like, like putting milk in your rice This spring, crispies.
0: this spring, you know, you're going to be like, Hey Nick, can you cover uh, this and do this with this mead and do this because I got to go do some things. And you've just got my microphones out there in these drone swarms
1: recording. I mean, I've it. never even awesome. seen a drone swarm. Neither, yeah. like, Well, not that I've I don't know, know that I've, I don't know that I have, yeah, I don't know that I've really paid attention. Like no. usually a swarm of bugs and I tend to no. just turn away from it and go in a different direction. Uh, we
0: got everyone on the edge of their seats with the exploding B endophalluses. Um, I think that's a good point to, to cut this, uh, this episode. But hey, we're back.
1: Rocket dicks, always a good spark to, spark to stop.
0: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) All right. Well, uh, thank you, Evan, for joining us. Uh, I think we had a good talk about Adventurous Mead, Mead on Adventures. And thank you to Ed Moss and to Donnie and to Taste of AZ for contributing. Oh, and uh, A Strange View on Reddit for saying they missed our wrapping and missed our episodes. Uh, Always love to hear that, and that helps us. You know what? Honestly, if you say... You listen to our meadcast and you want to hear more, that causes us to sit down and, and create these. So, yeah, if you got any ideas on future meadcasts, whether it's honey, uh, mead, bees, Norse, Viking stuff, uh, just let us know. Um, and yeah, we'll, we'll make it happen.
1: Uh, I was trying to come up with a rap there in my head and I was just still failing miserably at it. Yeah, should we end it on a rap? <laughs> talking about me, and we're talking about bees exploding dicks got me standing on my knees so much pain but me don't take it gonna get this honey and we're gonna just rake it
0: gonna break, gonna rake, rake.
1: Oh. well there we go right there it's beautiful
0: <laughs> yeah all right well our usual tagline to send you off is nothing we don't have one so we're gonna end it right here and uh yeah
1: um bye goodbye all bye you have a good rest of your evening and uh We'll get more out soon. We promise. Promises.
0: Promise. Promise.
2: I promise. I promise. I promise.